Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Mandy Walker and I'm your host. Selling a piece of jewelry like an engagement ring or wedding set can be a nightmare, but Worthy is a selling partner you can trust to work with you and for you to get the best deal on your piece. And if you're thinking it's not worth the hassle, remember that your diamond engagement ring can be the financial asset that allows you to embrace that fresh start after divorce. Worthy helps you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. And for a limited time, our podcast listeners can get a $100 gift card when they sell their jewelry with Worthy. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Mandy Walker, and I'm your host. For this episode, we're talking about dating after divorce and the most common mistakes that people make. My guest today is Roy Biancalana. Roy is a relationship coach focused on helping single adults attract healthy, conscious relationships. Welcome, Roy. Oh, it's so good to be here. And you're talking to someone who's made about every mistake in the book that you can make. So we're <laughs> going to get really personal and really honest. <laughs> Great. Well, I, I'm so glad to be talking to you because I have questions. Mm. Um, the first one I wanted for us to talk about is one that comes up often is how soon after the end of a marriage should someone wait before dating or think about dating? and yeah. I think we've kind of unpacked that question because I think the first point is how do you define end of a marriage? Yeah. Well, you can define the end of a relationship legally, physically, and emotionally, right? So there's the legal thing that's pretty obvious when papers are signed and stuff like that. Physically, I guess it's over when you're no longer physically living together, right? But I think the more important part is the emotional part, is when you really are no longer involved with your former lover or partner. And that is a fairly complex discussion as to when you basically to be no longer involved means that you no longer want to kiss them or kill them. Okay. <laughs> right? In other words, you're, you're still not longing for them, missing them, wanting them, pining for them, wishing you were with them still, right? If you meet someone new and you get the sense that they still wish they were with their ex, they're not ready for something real. And there's no space in their heart for someone new because someone's still in there. Okay. Okay. But somebody can still be in there if you're on the opposite end of the spectrum and you still want to kill them. Like you're still bitter and resentful and angry. And those emotions are still alive and present in you. Every time you see the person, every time you hear that person's name, it's like, you can just, right? So no judgment if you're still attached or you're still wanting to kill them. It just means that they're still in your heart. Right? You're still involved with them and there's no room in there for anyone new, not, not in a healthy way. Not in a healthy way. To be way. really ready for something real, your heart has to be clear of attachments and aversions, as the Buddhists would put it, okay? And that requires a different kind of work than just legally or just physically, 
I mean, you could be divorced for 10 years and never seen a person for 10 years, but you're still involved with them because they're still in there and they're blocking your ability to be able to relate with someone new. So that, that we could talk for days about what it means to be complete with someone. And I'm just curious about if you were still living separately under the same roof and feel that you're completely emotionally detached, but you haven't been through the legal process yet and you still have your spouse who isn't emotionally detached, is that a good time to start? (laughs) Well, there is no... There is no, in, in my mind anyway, there is no right or wrong. There is no good or bad time to start. Like, I mean, I was married for 19 years and that relationship really devolved into kind of a, a functioning, co-parenting, brotherly, sisterly relationship. So we went through a divorce and I immediately, even before the divorce was, was initiated and filed, I jumped into another relationship. Um, I would never advise that. Because when you go through a major breakup, what we should do, and I put quotations around that, right? In an <laughs> ideal world, all of us would say, yeah, I ought to go through a grieving process. I ought to go through a growing process where I really learn from the relationship and I get the learnings of what my part was and what happened. And, and I'm a better person. I'm a more prepared person for something else. So I... I should grieve and I should grow before I give my heart someplace else. Well, I didn't do it that way, right? It did come back and bite me, of course. So whenever we talk about the way we should do it, sometimes we do the best we can. And I simply did some crazy things because it was the only way I knew how to deal with my pain and the only way I knew how to survive. So I don't regret what I did. It was the only thing I knew how to do at the time. But if we're going to live in the ideal place, If I was talking to someone who was in the situation you just described, I would advise them to be very cautious. If you're still living under the same roof, if the divorce isn't final, on some level, you're not done with that relationship. You know, you might hate them. You might never want to be with them again. You might know that it's over, but there's still complications. There's still logistics. There's still stuff happening. And I would probably tell someone you know, that's a, that's a yellow flag there. You better be very cautious in that situation and maybe ask some questions. And then I would also offer like, when there's so many people in the world that you can be with, when there is like that old song in the eighties, it's raining men. It's (laughs) raining. When, when there's so many options, why choose to be with someone who's just not finished with their, with that attachment, with that relationship. And they're not, they're not free and clear to move in with you, to have you over, to have, you know, to have someone over to your house because your ex is still there. And I know there's complications around finances and houses being underwater and there's kids. And so I, I've, I've had, I've been through all that myself. So I understand it, but yeah, that, that I would, I would say, ah, man, be careful. Be careful. And then I wanted to go back to something you said about, you know, you jumped into another relationship and, and obviously that's like one of the mistakes that you're sharing with us. But yeah. I was, I was thinking, you know, sometimes dating right away, that's part of your growing and part of your healing. And it's right. how you learn more about what's going to work for you and what isn't going to work. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't regret what I did because I did learn a lot of things 
And it was just a part of my journey. But I created a bunch of drama because I wasn't really emotionally available. Right. So there's learnings in that. There's learning from my partners in that getting involved with someone who is, you know, the divorce is in final and and so forth. So I think everything occurs in our life for our learning and our growing and our evolution. It's just that along the way, sometimes we are getting learnings in painful ways. So I think you can choose to learn painfully or you can choose to learn playfully. And I always advise people to choose the playful way. Because it's more <laughs> so, fun. This <laughs> is more fun and it creates less drama, you know. So, but yes, uh, that's that's just one of the mistakes I made is just rebounding. Um, and I rebounded and got engaged, you know, um, within uh, a year or so. And then we were engaged to be married and she broke up with me about six months before our wedding. And that devastated me, right? Just a year long midlife crisis. And I was in so much pain that I did the only thing that I knew how to do, which I don't recommend. I I joined four different dating sites. I'm just going to find a new woman to help me forget about the last one. Right. I mean, I look back, I laugh. You should laugh. It's, It's hilarious. And the drama that I created because I thought that I was available for someone new and they thought I was available. I wasn't. I was looking back. I was using them because when I was with a new woman, it's sort of for a moment, I forgot about the one that broke up with me, the one that got away, the one I was still pining for. And I I felt some relief. It was like having a terrible, stressful day and getting hammered. And for a moment, you're just numb and you and it's gone. But then you you sober up and then the problem's back. So. Uh, I created so much drama. I write about in my first book, the one above my head. These are my three books around my head here. And that's my, me and my wife and my son. Um, I created so much drama out of my survival mechanisms. Now it's all turned out to make me the man I am now. It's all formed what I do now for a living. It's formed what I write about in my books, <laughs> right? but it's not what I would advise so but how sometimes would... we do things that aren't advisable, um, and yet the universe still, still seems to be so wonderful that we can get some <laughs> positive out of our nuttiness. So how would someone know if they are truly ready to start dating? I think you could tune in and you could feel whether you still want to kiss or kill them. You know, I think we're most of us are self-aware enough to know, do I still want them? Do I still want to go back there or am I still holding on to a lot of negative energy? Am I still really bitter? And that's, again, in the ideal world, I think most people can tell if they're, they're relatively indifferent in a, in a sense, there's not the longing or the anger, right? Somebody might've cheated on you or stole money or did some stuff. And it's not that you forget that it's that there's a sense that your past is not alive in you. It's it's like it's not happening right now. It's something that happened. Yeah, right. they were a jackass. There was some pain there. But I don't wake up every morning thinking about them and I don't go to sleep every night thinking about them and they're not top of mind in terms of oh, I wish it could have worked out or you know, I wish a bus would hit them or something. <laughs> we use a little humor here to keep us from getting too serious. So 
I, I just think most people will sort of know. And the other part I, I would say is when you can art, this might be the best way to say it. When you can articulate to yourself or to anyone else, an understanding of what your responsibility was for how that relationship went, you're then ready to move on. What I'm saying is you need to get the learnings. You need to understand what your part was in what happened. I mean, everything's co-created. Right. And so when blame is gone, blame is what keeps us tethered to the past. It's like the, the, the sandbag on the hot air balloon. It just it tethers us to the past. And so when there's no more blame, meaning you're recognizing, okay, they did that. But if I wasn't thinking this way, if I hadn't not paid attention to this, if I, if I knew of some of my childhood patterns that played a part in this, if I knew my personality blind spots, if I knew all those things, then it could never have happened the way it was. Perhaps I never would have married them or been with them in the first place. Right. Right. So when you recognize your part and you see without your part, it couldn't have happened. The whole blame thing falls away. It's like, yeah, they did some things. Yeah, I did things I wasn't aware of. And it just sort of, it falls away. And there's not this energetic connection anymore. That's the ideal place to move on because now you're better prepared for the next relationship because you're not going to make the same mistakes. You're going to communicate better. You're going to handle your emotions better. You're going to pay attention to red flags. You're, You're going to know how your childhood affects the way you relate in intimacy. Right. You're going to be able to identify what I call your relationship persona. Right. Most of us learn a, like a fear based way of being in the world when we're kids, that it's a way of being that if I'm this way, I get I feel safe. I get love. I feel connected. I, I feel like I'm, I'm appreciated or wanted. But if I'm this kind of little boy or girl, I get in trouble. I'm dismissed. Right. I'm ignored. Right. right. So we become the person we think we need to be to get love and attention to feel safe. Well, if you don't understand that dynamic that's going on in you, then if you haven't got those learnings, well, then you bring that persona with you to the next relationship, which right. is why, as you know, the divorce rate in second marriages is way higher than it's, the first it's one. It's way higher. Great. And that's because we yes. just rebound and we don't reflect. <laughs> right. So, so you know you're ready when you sort of know, okay, I know what I did to make that be a mess. And okay. now I'm ready. I'm, I'm going to interrupt you there. We have to take a short break, but I have more questions. Obviously, this is a huge topic. But listeners, my guest is relationship coach Roy Biancalana. You're listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. We'll be right back and do stay tuned because Roy has lots more to share about the mistakes he sees make, people making in dating after divorce. Moving past divorce is hard enough without your old engagement ring staring you in the eye every time you open your jewelry box. With Worthy, you'll find a selling partner who will help you transform your rings from dusty relics of hard times to a financial asset to help you start fresh. Worthy takes care of everything from insurance coverage to secure shipping, professional grading, and more. So when you're ready to sell, partner with Worthy. We're ready when you are. And for a limited time, our podcast listeners can get an extra $100 to Amazon 
when they sell their jewelry with Worthy. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Welcome back to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. I'm your host, Mandy Walker. And in this episode, we're talking about dating after divorce and the common mistakes people make. My guest today is relationship coach, Roy Biancolana. So Roy, before the break, we talked about how you know when you're ready to start dating. And then one of the thoughts that occurred to me is like, so you're absolutely ready. There's no question about that. But you go on a date and your date is talking about their ex or they're talking about their the legal divorce process that they're still mired in. Is that a red flag to walk away? I wouldn't say it's a red flag. Yellow uh, flag. Yes, <laughs> I, I use red, yellow, green lights. And by the way, just for people listening, just resource-wise, I have a podcast called The Attracting Lasting Love Podcast. It's named after my second book here. And I discuss all these things in detail. So that that's a way, because we're talking about things where rapid fire hitting on these huge topics yeah. that people may want to take a breath and go deeper into. And I have a whole podcast on the red, yellow, green light issue. And for me, a red light is something where the relationship is immediately over. There is no discussion. It's like, no, we're done. This is completely unworkable. There's no conversation. There's no, yeah, buts, right? So in my mind, there's very few of those things. But what you described, if you meet someone and they're still in the process, to me, that's just yellow. That just means slow down, just caution. Don't necessarily walk away because not everybody's breakup is the same. And some people, they might be mired in a legal thing, but they're they're really complete. They're really available for something new. They just have their lawyers dealing with something that, you know, they're not involved with that ex anymore. They don't still love them. They don't want to kill them. We're just, we're just dealing with the financial and the, the house and kids and right. So not all divorces are the same. And you just can't say, I don't think it's fair to say. If somebody hasn't signed the document yet, then, oh, that's for, you just have to walk away that that I think there's room for a conversation. Right. You could, you could you should tell the person, hey, listen, I'm a little reluctant to get involved with someone who's not officially available. Can we talk about what's happening? And as they talk, you're going to hear whether they're still in blame, whether they're still angry and bitter or whether they are wishing it wouldn't have happened and they're still long, you're going to get a sense through a conversation of whether now the yellow becomes a red light or the yellow becomes a green light. Okay. So no hard and fast rules, but certainly I think maybe that that's the what yellow. Makes, makes dating, maybe dating generally, but dating after divorce more difficult is there are no hard and fast rules. And we kind of like some of us like to have hard and fast rules because it makes right. it easier for us. Right. But here's what I'm saying in terms of if there's the number one mistake people make, and we're, we're, we're kind of, we're almost doing it ourselves right now, is that we are focused on the other person and their availability, their divorce, their thing. Are they ready? We need to turn the mirror here. The only thing you can control is you. So you know, my newest book, Relationship Bootcamp, that's over my shoulder here, I use a fitness metaphor just to kind of make it more readable and more enjoyable. And I talk about there's seven relationship muscles that need to be strong if you're going to be 
able to create a healthy, sustainable relationship. So it's all about getting in relationship shape. Okay. So the book focuses on, on you, like, are you ready for something real? And it has nothing to do with whether you're divorced or not. I mean, the way you relate to your emotions, the way you feel them, the way you express them, are you creating harmony or discord in the way you deal with your emotions? How about the way you communicate? Are you a revealer or are you a concealer? I mean, most everyone, if you say, would you rather be in a relationship that's characterized by authenticity and openness and transparency and honesty? Everybody says yes. If you say, or would you rather be in a relationship that's characterized by playing games, withholds, half-truths, manipulations, and so forth? So, oh, no, no, I don't want that. Until people find out what it really means to have an authentic relationship. An authentic relationship means you reveal yourself to the other person and you reveal the parts of you that you fear might not be understood or maybe even accepted. I call it dating naked. To really create an authentic relationship, real intimacy is about knowing and being known. Most people are way too afraid to let a person truly see who they are, Right. to be truly right. transparent. We all say we want that, but no, most of us play the game. Okay, I, I want this person to like me, so I'm going to sh- tell them about this, but I won't tell them about that I can be a little insecure. I can be a little jealous. I can have a temper. You know, I got some other issue that I don't think you'll like. So I'm going to, I'm going to hi- I'm going to redact that, you know, that the government documents have all the lines blacked out on them, you know, the top secret stuff. Well, maybe you they, hold it back for a period of time. Right, right. So, right. So you're playing the game as I'm, I'm putting forth an image that I think you will like, and I'm, I'm hiding. And I'm saying, when you do that, The person then falls in love with what you've shown them. But then what happens when they find out this other stuff? Right. That's when the honeymoon ends, right? That's what that means. So where is the guy or where's the woman that I first met? So there's this challenge in the book. If you want to create something healthy and sustainable, it means to commit to being a revealer rather than a concealer. Okay. Right. So the mistake is either where do I find them or we're trying to investigate are they the right person? You know, do they have any issues? Are they available? All that. And we don't do the work here. Yeah. Ourselves. Yeah. Okay. Um, I want to jump to a, another topic and I know we've got like maybe about five more minutes here, but I think that this is a, a, a big topic mm-hmm. and um, comes up a lot. And that's about children mm-hmm. and specifically children from the marriage that's just ended I mean, what's your recommendation for how people handle telling your children that you're dating? Is there a magic time before you allow your children to spend time with a date? Or what do you, you know? Yes, I, I think the general wisdom in the psychological world is that children, to their credit, bond very quickly. Yes. Um, because they're open. They, they don't have any any baggage like the rest of us do. We're all they don't have that fake persona that we were just talking about. Right. And they bond quickly. And then when people then disappear that they've connected with, that can leave some scars as it does on any of us. So I think the general wisdom is to delay introducing your children to a new person until you feel like the relationship 
you never know what's going to happen, obviously, but you feel like, hey, I think this relationship is going to be around for a while. I, I think we're showing signs we're pretty solid. We're, we're a couple and it looks like we're going to be together for a while. And, and, and so at least you limit the children meeting a new person every month or two and they get to know them and they like them. And, you know, where, where did Joe go? Where did Sally go? And that's happening repeatedly. I don't know if that's good for kids. So waiting to see if something is established and grounded and ready to go, I think is the best way. That doesn't mean you don't tell children that you're dating someone. You're just not maybe having the person be involved in like family or in dynamics where they're going to get to spend a lot of time with that person. Like not coming over for dinner or for. Yeah, I think that that would be the safest way. Now, I broke that rule, too. Oh, my God. I mean, (laughs) I met my ex-fiance's children on the on a first date. Right. I mean, and then we all had dinner together. I was like, because I got I was madly in love after one date because I was had such a relationship addiction. You were just doing this at 120 miles an hour. Right, right. And, you know, that, and it hurt the children. There's all kinds of things we could talk about. um, What do you tell the children when you're splitting up? How does that work? I had my own child with my divorce. And then I I was really close to my ex-fiance's children when we broke up. And I wasn't allowed to talk to her children to say goodbye which right. is an evidence of how crappy that relationship really was. Um, what a disservice to the children to be with her for two and a half years and be the primary caregiver of to her children and not be able to say goodbye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. So I'm kind of curious one. too about, I think there's a big difference between like really elementary school age kids and maybe teenagers. Oh, yeah. And I'm thinking like, you know, when you have teenagers and you're dating, you're almost... The, yeah. They are learning from you about dating you because that's what they're starting to do. So you're right. modeling dating for them. Right. And I think that that means that you have to be, or it would be smart to be very conscious about the messages that you're sending to your right. children. And that is why it's such a complicated issue. Like all the things we're talking about is it depends on how old your children are. It depends on how emotionally mature they are. And so I think the underlying principle, if you are in a place where you're genuinely saying, what is best for my kids and not your loneliness isn't talking, your woundedness isn't talking, and you're not being part of what's best for me. Well, what's best for me is that I do it this way. But what if you're in the mentality, what's best for my children? I don't think you'll make a mistake. I, I think that that wisdom is there. And it might differ from one person to another, depending on the kids in the situation. But the wisdom coming from what's best for them, I think will surface in most people. And you'll do what what you feel is the best thing for them. And you'll have that experience and everybody learns from the whole thing. Great. I think that's really smart advice. I like that you think that your perspective on the we know innately what's good for our children and to follow that. Yeah. If we're out of our ego and our selfishness and our woundedness and all that stuff that (laughs) we all have that part of us, but we're in, we're in the pure part of my innocent children. What's best for them. I I think you'll know what to do. And it may be hard for you because that might mean what's best for them is not good for you. (laughs) Right. Right. I want them to sleep over right away and, and make <laughs> breakfast in the morning, but that might not be good for the kids. You know what I mean? Right. So, but you have shared parenting time, which means that 
you can do your dating when you're not parenting. Yeah, that's true. true. So, Roy, we're almost up on time. And I just want to switch gears a little bit here. And instead of talking about mistakes, is there one thing, like a few sentences you can share with our listeners mm-hmm. that you think is a must do for getting started with dating after divorce? Yeah. And it ties into something I want to offer your listeners as a free gift. And that is do your work. Okay. You have got to do the work on yourself to learn from the relationships that haven't worked out and to make the changes and the self-discoveries and the self-awareness so that you are ready for something real, right? You need to get yourself in relationship shape. You need to have your relationship muscles strong, your relationship with your mind, your emotions, your truth, your past. We haven't even talked about how to let go of the past, which is so integral to a divorce, right? We the past is alive in us. We bring it with us and we project onto the next person. Oh God. Right. So you need to do your work. You need to be in relationship shape. I tell people the key to a healthy, sustainable relationship, it's not about finding the right person. It's about being the right person. But most of us, our egos are so big that we think my love life has been awful because of them. My ex did this. My ex-fiance did that. Women, men, eh. we point the finger. We think our love life sucks because of them. No, it's equally us. And so you got to do your work. You got to get yourself in relationship shape. It's like if you want to run in a, a marathon, you could talk about what to do during the race and how much food to eat, water to drink. No, no, no. It's all about getting in shape so that you can go the distance. So I have a, a way to check your... Oh, go ahead. Yes, please, Roy, share with our listeners how they can get your free gift. Yes, yes. So I have a way to find out your current relationship fitness level. If you go to the gym, a good trainer will do assessments on you to see where you are and then put a program together, get you in shape. I do the same thing. I have a relationship fitness test. It's on my website, coachingwithroy.com. It's a 30-question true-false quiz. It's, it's quite accurate. It's very confidential. And you will get an assessment of your current fitness level. And you're probably going to discover that you're human and that you need to get in better shape. Don't be surprised <laughs> if you get results that say you got some weak muscles that need to get better, right? But it's valuable information to know what kind of relationship shape am I in now and then if you want to contact me and say, Roy, could you train me? Could you put me through some workouts? Can you get me in better shape so that my next relationship doesn't turn out like that last one? Right. So all that's found at Coaching with Roy. My contact info is there too. coachingwithroy.com. And yeah, get your fitness level. Find out, find out where you are and then, then do your work. Right. Thank you, Roy. Thank you so much. We will make sure that your website is in the show notes. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it very much. Thanks for listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy dedicated to celebrating women like you as you embrace a new beginning after divorce, separation, or whatever. Worthy is a selling partner with an online auction platform designed to help you sell your jewelry, such as an engagement ring or wedding set. When you decide to send your ring, Worthy takes care of the shipping and insurance to ensure that it arrives safely at our New York office. Once your jewelry arrives, 
the team at Worthy professionally cleans and photographs it before sending it out to a grading lab. All of these steps are designed to maximize your price in Worthy's online auction, where hundreds of buyers compete for your piece. One of the best parts of selling with Worthy is that you're completely in control. You'll work with Worthy's team to set a reserve price before the auction starts, keeping you in control of how much your ring sells for. If the highest bid comes in below that threshold and you decide not to accept it, we will send your ring back to you and we'll even cover the costs of the insured shipping again. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Are you ready to embrace your fresh start? Us too. And for a limited time, our podcast listeners can get an extra $100 to Amazon when they sell their jewelry with Worthy. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and Other Things in your weekly feed. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. This podcast is for you. So reach out to us at podcastworthy.com to let us know what you think and what you want to hear. We look forward to hearing from you. And you can also find more episodes at worthy.com forward slash podcast.